We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is February 24th, 2022. We are back. Luke, Sylvia, how are you? You sound, there's just a pep in your step, right? That that break, I, did that I break serve you, break. Serve you well? I need a break. I, I kind of missed it. I needed a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a good break. It was a, it was, it was well needed, I guess. Um, and then as you know, Jonathan, uh, my grandmother, uh, has passed. You put out a tweet about that. That was very kind of you. Thank you. Um, my, my grandmother passed or Grammy as we call her. Um, she passed away. She had a, a pretty long bout with dementia and then it got bad in the last like year and a half. Um, so as a result this weekend, I will be in sunny Florida. Um, and it'll be, it'll be cool, man, just because a lot of my family will be down for, for the funeral that is on Sunday. Um, you know, a lot of my cousins that I haven't seen like a year, two years, that I'm very close with, uh, just, you know, haven't been able to link up with them in the last couple of years. Life's been pretty crazy for all of us. So, um, excited to be back in Florida mainly because, it, you know, also it has been zero degrees in Nebraska the past two days, literally. Uh, and it will not be that this weekend. I think it's supposed to hit like 85 or 90 in Florida this weekend. I'm very pumped. Lauren's pumped because our daughter Harper can, can wear her summer clothes. Uh, <laughs> and she, she was afraid she wouldn't, she would outgrow them because she's big on the charts and uh, and we weren't sure if she was gonna actually be able to wear them come summertime in Nebraska. So, gonna get some use out of that. Uh, a lot of a lot of fun, I think, that we're gonna have this weekend with a, a quick trip to uh, to the state of Florida. So, I like it. So yeah, um, Monday's episode, uh, I'll be joined by producer Kevin. So producer yes. Kevin, you know, he's always a, a big hit. So we'll be uh, we'll be rocking it out for you while you know holding it down while you're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, rest in peace, Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to hear that, man. And yeah, just you know. Anytime anything happens in like the magic Twitter family, especially I always like, to, you know, send out a tweet, whoever, obviously, you know, you're my guy. So mm, wanted sure, to sure. let people, you know, know what was going on so they could have you, you know, in their, their thoughts and prayers and whatnot. So absolutely. Well, Luke, we're going to, we're going to make people uh, annoying or annoyed. Well, I mean, I guess they kind of are annoying <laughs> in a, in a sense, 
We're going to talk not about the Magic Basketball team. Uh, for a couple of minutes here, it is NBA-related. So if you're one of the folks that uh, doesn't like to listen to us not talk about the Magic, that is totally fine. We appreciate you guys listening to when we talk about the Magic. Um, but, yeah, we're going to talk about NBA All-Star Weekend uh, just for a few minutes here, Luke. I don't think we need to spend that much time on it. It was just atrocious. Um, there were some bright spots, you know, um, but it started off horrible. Like the celebrity all-star game was absolutely terrible. The rising star scene that they did was actually pretty fun. You know, the first game you know, with Cole and, and with Jalen, you mm-hmm. know, Jalen Green was on that team. Jalen Suggs has a, a, a chance to win it uh, for, for their team and then misses two free throws at the end. And then, uh, you know, the other team came back the other way and uh, basically their team lost. But we got to see our, our boy Franz Wagner, maybe not as much as we would have liked. But Franz hits the you know the the game clinching free throws to win the whole Rising Stars tournament. So that was pretty fun. Rising Stars yeah, was pretty fun. I, I want to add something on on the celebrity game first. I I was watching the game, and it it dawned on me. I don't know who has the ball right now. I don't know who this person <laughs> is. Please, I think it was ESPN that put on the the celebrity game. ESPN, if you are listening to this, please just put like like. When someone's dribbling the ball, I know you'd have to hire a person specifically to do this for the whole game, but it, it's All-Star Weekend, right? Get different. Put, like, g- give us, like, a graphic with the name of who's got the ball, like, the last name. Because, like, obviously, if, like, Quavo has the ball or MGK has the ball, we know who Jack Harlow has the ball. We might know who it is, but even still, MGK was out on the court, and as, as like, unique as his look is, at first I had no idea who it was. I thought it was, like, yeah. 2019 Justin Bieber, like, with the, the bleach blonde hair, and I was like, Bieber's in this? And they like MGK, and I was like, I please ESPN, whoever does this celebrity game next year, make it a little easier to know who has the ball, especially if you're going to use like lesser known celebrities, which is just like the fact of the matter. I, I really, I'm curious to know what has changed because it seems like every year, like the celebrities get less and less celebrity-ish. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, like every year, it's like there's more and more people in the All Star game, celebrity All Star game, that I don't know who they are. It's got to be like the dunk contest. You know, I th- is it is it so like is social media ruining All Star Weekend? Why do you say that? Because it just feels like I don't know. Like guys are just too cool. Mm. Like like okay, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about um like the the skills challenge, right? Mm, right. Like you and I picked the rookies to win the whole thing, and the rookies <laughs> couldn't care less about the, the skills challenge. Yeah. Like it, you're a rookie. It's your first year at All Star Weekend. Like you're supposed to go all out, and like Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, and and Cade Cunningham are like. Just going through the motions. All right. Well, Giannis While, is like, like the busting Antetta his are, are going all out. The Cavs are going all out. The Cavs won the whole thing. But I, I just feel like maybe like this age of social media, like people are afraid to, you know, go out and look bad or, you know, look stupid during the celebrity like all-star too hard. game. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it like those two contests, um, really the celebrity all-star game and the dunk contest are like really falling off. I used to be legitimately excited for the celebrity all-star game. Yeah. Like back in the day, you'd have like Jay Cole, you know, in, in, in the all-star game or like Chris Brown, Kevin you know, Hart or, or Kevin Hart, or you would have like Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Tracy McGrady was in the celebrity all-star game one year. We got Anderson freaking <laughs> Verjao. Are you kidding me? We can't do better than Anderson Verjao. Like I know he would never do it, but why can't we get Michael Jordan in a, in a celebrity all-star game and just drop 50? Because how much fun would that be? Cause that man doesn't like fun. That's why. 
Maybe. He didn't. I don't know. What was it? For a while, MJ wouldn't let him put him in, like, 2K video games until, like, last, like, when they put him on the cover and stuff. Yeah, that maybe. Whack. I don't think he believes in fun. So. Put Barkley in the All-Star game. Oh, that'd be, my god. That'd gosh. be incredible. That'd yeah. be incredible. Put Barkley and Shaq in there, baby. Let's get a uh, what? What's the 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 group at the gym for like all the you know older folks? For, they come in at like five a.m. and we're, silver sneakers. Let's get a silver sneakers all star game. Like we had the NBA seventy five celebration. Get all these old butts out there on the court. Let's see what you got, <laughs> Oscar Robertson. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It wasn't a ton of fun. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The dunk contest was literally the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Dude. I like, the the Timberland idea from Cole was really cool, but it just got really, really, really quiet in that arena is it, very quick. Is it wrong to say that I think Cole killed the whole vibe of the like for set the tone for like how bad that dunk contest was gonna be? Well, he, he took like five That's minutes. what I'm saying. He yeah, took was, forever was, to put really those I know the show at that point is about him, but like the man just tied his Titus Tim's for years, yeah. And it was, which I mean, Tim's take a long time to put on, but yeah. But that's part of the thing. You gotta, you gotta, you know, weigh these things out when you're planning this stuff. And it was just like, yeah. I I was like just cringing the longer it took. It was really. And bad. I was like, dude, this is losing its luster so quickly. It sucks. When, when Cole completely missed his second dunk attempt, I turned it off. I did not watch the rest of it. Yeah, I, I knew. Just from what we had seen at the beginning, it was just going to get worse and worse. All of the tweets that I saw confirmed that for me. But I turned I turned All-Star Saturday Night off 
at that moment when Cole basically was eliminated. And then the three-point contest. The three-point contest was was kind of fun. It, it, I don't think it was as fun as like last year with Steph like just going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was Carl Anthony Towns like Car- his round, his second round was really really fun because he absolutely killed it. But unless you have a few guys getting hot, it's just it's not that fun to just sit and watch guys miss threes for you know whatever it is a minute minute and a half straight. Yeah, the three point contest is like I think it's the most consistently good contest an all-star weekend just because it is what it is like guys just step up to the rack and literally just shoot the basketball and see how many they can make out of those those i think whatever it is uh five racks five yeah um and then they put in like the mountain dew balls you know from long range whatever but uh yeah man i I think all of all-star weekend really hinges on who your contestants are and it's not that's not groundbreaking news by any means but i don't think there's anything wrong with the dunk contest or the three-point competition I don't think there's anything that needs to be done besides just like what they probably really can't control, which is just get better guys. I mean, you don't yeah. think that they would ask John Morant or like that they didn't ask John Morant uh, or any of those guys who are just high flyers. That would be a lot of fun to see. I, I just can't imagine that they don't ask them. So they're just at the mercy of these players. And like you said, maybe they're just, you know, I understand like health and all that stuff is taking a toll, you know, taking a front seat, I guess, in the NBA, which it should why guys are playing, you know, able to play a little bit longer and load management, all that sort of stuff. But I, I think that, you know, the last thing they want is to injure themselves going up for a dunk. But I mean, I would really love to see some of those high flyers in the the dunk contest. I'd love to see all like the best three point shooters in the league, actually in the three point contest. Cause like you win the three, like cat wins the three point contest. And I think truthfully, he, he is like top two shooting bigs of all time. And yeah, him and him and Dirk, it's kind of hard to argue. Yeah, and and that. and so like yeah, sure. Put a big guy in there. It's always more fun when you have one of the big guys in there. Put a cat in there, whatever you want to do. But give us like I just wish these guys would just do it. And guys shooting three yeah. pointers, you're not worried about health at that point. So so yeah, I, I you know I, I'm just I, I wish that we could kind of get better contestants in there. I feel like. If you're top eight in the league in terms of three point percentage, you should just have to do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's a way to like reincentivize these guys to actually like get them back into like wanting to do it each year. Like, no offense to like Luke Kennard, but nobody's getting excited except Clippers fans right. to see Luke Kennard in the three point contest. Like, you know who should have been in the three point contest? Clay Thompson. <laughs> How is Clay Thompson the year that he comes back? All this hype. You know, he's not quite playing up to, you know, Clay's level yet. He's not playing bad. He's just, you know, he hasn't played in two years. He's got some rust to to knock off. But how do you not get Clay Thompson in the three-point contest? To me, that is just kind of, like, bizarre. If we can get Alex and Ted Acumpo in the skills challenge from the G League, we can get Clay Thompson in the three-point well, contest. But the difference is solely willingness. I mean, obviously, Alex oh, no, was, I, like, I, I know. like going to pee himself with excitement when he got invited to freaking All-Star <laughs> Weekend. Freaking ridiculous. Even the was like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm still in the NBA? How is this possible? Also, I still don't take back, should have put the holiday, gotten the holiday brothers together yeah. and, and done that. That was just, is what it is. Yeah. I love their, you know, the energy uh, of the uh, of them, but, but it, yeah, whatever. Well, the second half of the All-Star game was incredible. Like, Steph going off in the second half, mm-hmm. you know, pulling up from almost half court, you know, the the turnaround threes, all that kind of stuff, him breaking the all-time uh, NBA All-Star game threes made in a single game 
was awesome. And then, like, you can talk all the crap you want about the All-Star game now, but they have legitimately made the fourth quarters of the All-Star games so much fun now. Yeah, because they want they want to win, man. And and shout out to you're talking about Steph hitting those turn, you know, those threes where he would obviously we know famously he he looks away when he when he knows it's going and all that kind of stuff and the theatrics of it. Shout out my boy Nico Tan, Chicago Bulls photographer. He had a picture that went viral over the weekend uh, where you know Steph was turned around and looking at the crowd and kind of interacting um, while the ball had like just gone through the net. That that shot was was dope. So shout out Nico. I'm sure you're not listening, but but that was. That was so dope, man, to see. Yeah, that was that was a really dope, uh, you know, snapshot that he took a, a, of that moment. And then you have LeBron, you know, hitting like the crazy fadeaway, fall away. Yeah, uh, I think it was over Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to hit the the game winner in Cleveland, obviously. But yeah, it's like I don't think you're gonna find better basketball than that fourth quarter, like anywhere. Like maybe a you know game seven of a of a playoff game but like the level of talent that was on the floor at that time is really just crazy like just so much fun i didn't really the first half i was kind of had it on in the background like whatever watching and then like i look up in the the second half and steph is going crazy and in the fourth quarter i i literally could not look away so yeah nba all-star you know weekend i feel like to a certain extent is kind of like lost its luster and I know the the league is actively tweaking it each year to try to find that perfect balance. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting closer, but we're we're not quite there yet. It doesn't. I don't get excited for NBA All Star Weekend anymore like I used to when I was a kid. Do you think it, like obviously it has declined in in a lot of ways, but do you think like kids probably had fun watching All Star Weekend like the same type of fun we had, or is it just going to be different? Maybe, I don't know, maybe for us, it's just like, you know, we don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. Like maybe, maybe that like childhood magic. He's still us, real, by the way. No pun intended. So for those, you know, watching, listening. Oh yeah. He's, yeah, of course. He's still real. So yeah. So I don't know if it's that, like, you know, we just kind of, maybe we've outgrown all-star weekend and I don't know if kids really enjoy it anymore. Kids are too busy doing TikTok dances and eating Tide Pods and all kinds of stuff like that nowadays. I don't really, I don't know what kids like anymore. So <laughs> Like me and the boys used to just be outside, you know, playing kill the carrier, mm-hmm. run around, getting all sweaty in the yard, and you know, I, I don't know, you know, how many kids are are doing that nowadays. The, They're playing Roblox or whatever the heck they do. <laughs> the <laughs> days these kids don't know about your three. You have three friends, and you just go out. One of you is the all time QB, and they just run routes against oh, each yeah. other, dude. Just the best time. Anyway, I I digress. Oh, or it's you know the the middle of the summer and you come home from like a family member's house and you're looking around the neighborhood for your boys mm-hmm. and you just find the yard with all the bikes just turned sideways exactly. and like all right everybody's at Jimmy's yeah they're out back you know they're I mean? playing football yeah beautiful exactly. so all right Luke let's go ahead we're gonna talk about the Orlando Magic okay the Magic currently sit at 13 and 47 they have the worst record in the league Luke 22 games to go for the Magic. We've talked about this at multiple points throughout the season. For a long part of the season, in terms of remaining strength of schedule, the Magic were one in, or two in the NBA, Luke. Currently, they are 21st in remaining strength of schedule in the league, according to tankathon.com. J.I. really so, ain't back now. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about this all season, Luke, that how you know getting into January and into February and after the All-Star break, that the schedule really starts to kind of lighten up for the Magic. So the remaining 22 games on the season, Luke, 
uh, the Magic play uh, 11 opponents that currently have, uh, as of, you know, this is February 23rd, uh, you know, currently 11 opponents that, uh, as of today, have a record above 500. So 11 teams over 500, 11 teams that are under 500. I'm just going to go through, um, you know, the schedule here. The Magic also have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, Luke, uh, seven remaining road games and 15 home games in the last 22 games here. So they will be back Friday night, February 25th at home to take on the Rockets. Then uh, February 28th, Monday, they take on the Pacers at home and then they'll be They'll play the Pacers at home again that Wednesday, Friday, March 4th, and Saturday, March 5th. A back-to-back at Toronto, at Memphis, then home for Phoenix at New Orleans. And then you have a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6-game homestand where you take on the Minnesota Timberwolves, the 76ers, the Nets, the Detroit Pistons, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Golden State Warriors. You have one road game at Oklahoma City, then you're home for Sacramento, Two-game road trip at Cleveland, at Washington. Then three-game homestand versus Toronto, New York, Cleveland. A road game against Charlotte. And then Sunday, April 10th, you finish the season at home versus Miami, Luke. So we got uh, reports today from Kobe Price and also words from Jamal Mosley stating that as the team got back to practice today that Markel Fultz, who is rehabbing from his torn left ACL, uh, that he was a full contact participant in practice today, Luke. So that says that he was he's been fully cleared for contact. So you have to think, you know, Markel is just a few weeks away. I don't want to speculate, but usually when a guy is cleared for contact, it means he's not that far away. He did say Jonathan Isaac is still not been cleared for contact at all. So you've really got to start to think of whether or not we're going to see Jonathan Isaac at all this year. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. Um I, I just it feels that way. I just don't see it, man. I mean, the the schedule is only gonna get you know only easier, right? Comparatively to the rest of the three fourths of the season, basically. There's just they don't the magic if they are this committed to the tank. I mean, you can't tell me Markel Fultz hasn't been ready. Like to, he couldn't have yeah. been put in contact practice, like full contact sooner. Um, I, I just think that you know we see Markel back. Hopefully in the next month, who knows? We're creeping up on the end of the season, so like, it just gets to the point where I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, how do you feel if Markel comes out towards the end of the season here, and 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 something happens? Like, I, I just, I, I mean, of course. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I think that's what people aren't thinking about. They're just like, I just want to see him play. At this point, man, you're not contributing to the season. You're just getting better. Just continue participating in, in, in practice and being listed on the injury report, you, you've gotten away with worse, right? I mean, teams would get away with holding guys out, sidelining guys for way worse things. So Markel Fultz, I think that he could just continue doing full contact for the rest of the year and just not play. Uh, but but I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they'll appease us and finally give him the, the some play time. Well, let me ask you this. At what point do we reach the point of like diminishing returns on keeping a guy out in rehab? Like, especially Jonathan Isaac, if, if he doesn't play this season, we're, we're going to be looking at like 25, 26 months that he missed I, rehabbing the ACL. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Markel, if he doesn't come back, you know, it's going to be like 18 months. 
uh, let me see, 18, no, it'd be close to like 20 months at that point if he comes back at the start of next season. So like at one point, do like a 23 and a 24-year-old guy in Mark Hill and Jonathan Isaac, at one point is it to their detriment holding them out this long and then you have to weigh that versus the you know, risk of re-injuring. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we are we're at that point. Like to I think it's crazy that we're at this point in the year and we still don't have a timetable on these guys. We still haven't seen these guys. If you would have told me in the end of October that it was gonna be, you know, the beginning of March and we still wouldn't see Jonathan Isaac or Markel Fultz, I would have said absolutely no way. Like, I would have I would have bet the house and I would be now living underneath a bridge. <laughs> But like I would have bet anything mm-hmm. that we would see those guys before this point. And I think it's fair. At some point, you've got to be like, at what point is this hurting these guys more than it is helping them? Right. And I don't know if it has to do with the fact that like maybe they'll justify it by like, oh, well, Markel's back in like full contact and he's going 100% or whatever. And he's getting meshed with the team chemistry, all that kind of stuff. There was, I mean, there was a point, Jonathan, where you were like, if they aren't back by by like January, I can't remember if you said January, February. I will. But January first, I, I was gonna. I will be burn the place to the ground. I will be jokingly, severely. Of course. I will be severely upset. I I just don't know. Like, what if they hold them out until the Magic have secured a top three like odds, like I, best I'm odds. glad that you brought that up because I was just thinking this. If this okay, I'm not gonna say if. This is engineering losing mm-hmm. that is th- that is what is happening here this is this is tanking and it's i don't want to want to say purist because it's just like it feels disgusting mm-hmm. it feels dirty like this is tanking to the extreme okay see last year type thing this is worse than that in my opinion because they haven't two touched guys the court and rather than one guy yeah they haven't contributed at all this year yeah and this, this is what i have to say you do this tanking, you better, <laughs> like, this better be the biggest home run of all home runs. I don't know what... It, it, uh, if you draft Paolo or Jabari or Jaden Ivey or Chet Holmgren, whoever it is, right, you better knock that pick out of the park because if you don't, and all of a sudden in a year they're now feeling like, oh, we still don't have a guy, that, like, I don't want to say this, but, like, like low key, you deserve to be fired. Yeah, like that is obviously dramatic and like to the extreme. But if you're going through all of this trouble because you are so convinced that getting a top pick in this draft is what is going to put like push you to the next level, I got I got to tell you, Luke, I'm not I I cannot sit through another year. So of this. so if you okay, walk walk through me. So if they if the Magic. Sec- like are have finished the season with the tie for the best odds. The lowest they could fall is what seventh pick, I think, sixth or seventh. It, it depends. It depends. Um, it depends. Let's pull up. I'm gonna go to our so while dandy dandy tankathon. While you're doing that, I, what I will say in, in, in part of this point is, you got to think right now. The lowest the Magic could pick would be fifth. Fifth currently. Okay, so currently, so the, with a 47.9 percent chance of receiving the fifth pick. By the way. Basically 50-50. Correct. So my thought process is John and Jeff, much like with picking Franz at eight, must be formulating like, hey, in the top five picks or whatever they've decided, (laughs) we're comfortable because we have like a guy that we know will be there. 
or we could trade our pick, whatever it could be. We know they'll be there, and and that's why we, let we me, just want to do that. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. If you're comfortable getting a guy at the fifth pick, you're comfortable thinking your guy is going to be there at five, he ain't the guy. Mm. Historically speaking. Right. Like sure you you know you have your you know you have your drafts like I think Dwayne Wade went fifth if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. to Miami in 2003. Yep. But like if you, if we just go down like the history of fifth picks in the NBA, like historically speaking on average, you're picking a guy at five. He ain't the guy, and that's just kind of you know the, the way that the the cookie crumbles I guess so to speak. Yeah, I'm more so in the thinking that they feel like they have assets to trade up no matter what happens. Like they are willing to like make major moves to move up to to get a top pick. Like I would not be at all surprised if the Magic do fall to like 5. Yeah. And there is some type of deal in place they can move up to like 1, 2 or 3 where we see probably not Franz, mm-hmm. but I would probably say anyone on the team plus that pick could be moved in order to move up. I have one, one more and, question. And the reason that I say that is because they have so deeply, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Committed, mm-hmm. so deeply committed to tanking as hard as possible, they have to be trying to get as the best odds that they possibly can. Yeah. Because the magic, no matter what happens at this point, like there is not any conceivable reality where the magic fall outside of like the bottom five in the league. They're not going to go on some crazy run and win, you know, 15 out of the last 22 games. Mm-hmm. Especially with Jonathan Isaac not even being cleared for contact. Yeah. Um, I, so, I, I want to I add real quick, fifth picks. You know, the five best fifth picks in history. Yep, here we go. Okay, Can't I found it, hear it. NBA.com. I know I'm going to be disappointed. Well, we'll see. Kevin Garnett, number one. What year? What year was Kevin Garnett? 95. Okay. Uh, D-Wade, 03. Okay, is are those is that the closest fifth you have to Kevin Garnett that is significant? Charles Barkley number 3. When was that? 84. Okay, so we're talking about 11 years that you went mm-hmm. without hitting a home run at 5. True. Now number 4, Scotty. But we're talking 8 years. Yep, Scott, from 95 Scotty Pippen to 203. Mhm. Yeah, right? Like Next one's uh, that's a lot of time. Scotty Pippen, eighty-seven, uh, and Ray Pippen Allen is at four. Yeah, and Ray Allen number five in ninety-six. You're not making me feel any better. I'm not making myself feel any better. But I know people were probably yeah. thinking, "Hey, who's who are the best fifth picks of all time?" So that's what I'll say. Those are the best fifth picks. Uh, my other question to you, Jonathan, is who who would be like in the next tier at five? Because you've got uh, Charles Barkley, Kevin Garnett, Dwayne Wade. Those are like all timers, right? Who who would who is like the best player in like the next tier? Right, like guys that maybe made an All Star game. Mm-hmm. If you're just looking at that list, who 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 are you thinking? Like, I don't. They only list five. I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna. You you go ahead with your point. I'm just gonna look through like all of the drafts. No, that's what I'm gonna do now. Well, well, my point is not really a point. It's a question for you. Coming into lottery time last year, obviously there was a watch party. Are you? Would you do a watch party, a six-man show watch party? It doesn't necessarily have to be the same place. Last year, had a great time there. But uh, are you? What do you think? Of course, 
of course, of course we're going to do a draft party because we're going to, you know, have, you know, decent odds to get the, the number one pick, you know, just as good odds as anybody else. But will you wake up on the morning of the lottery and be like, just like last year, the magic are getting the number Highly one pick. doubtful. No, you're going to be I like the magic up. are getting the fifth pick. That's gonna be. I'm just maybe you need to think the, the opposite. Chips fall where they may. Maybe you need the. You maybe you need to wake up and be like, "Imagine getting the fifth pick today. Anything better is gravy." I will. I will wake up, and I will be prepared for anything. Yeah. I will be ready to get absolutely hosed, mm-hmm. and I'll be ready to get the 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 number one pick. And this, the, the internet is making it way too difficult for me to to. Yeah, it's not do real what clear I'm trying cut. to do right now. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to go through this. But just my gut feeling is that. Throughout history, yeah, you know your odds of hitting the home run at five are not great. Mm-hmm. And again, they've made such a commitment to tanking and trying to secure a top pick. My feeling is like, you know, they're they're willing to risk it all this year. That's that's how I feel. the The look on Jeff Weltman's face when the Magic received the fifth pick <sighs> last year in that moment, he made a commitment to himself. He's like, I will never feel this way again, <laughs> and he is determined. To end up with a top pick, I feel like if we don't have evidence of anything, he can't else do anything year, more, which is it's, hilarious. Like he had the best yeah, but, odds, but I feel like they have a lot more firepower this year, especially because it feels like Cade was just overwhelmingly the number one pick for so long. I've seen Jaden Ivy mm. in some mock drafts. I've seen Chet. I've seen Paolo. Um, I've seen Jabari Smith Jr. Like. It doesn't feel like there's a consensus number one overall pick this year. Am, am I sick to think that I I wouldn't mind the Magic getting the fifth pick just to see what kind of trade package they put together to move up if that if they have a guy that they think is in the top three? You are three. sick. I, yes, you are sick. <laughs> I just want to see. Because I, I don't want to know. I would rather just get the first pick, mm-hmm. not have to give up anything to get the guy mm-hmm. that you believe is the guy. I think it would. And at number one, I trust John and Jeff to get that guy. Yeah, as you should. At number five, I I I trust in them to to get fair value for that pick. Whether it's not, they wouldn't trade it back. I don't think. But getting a guy worthy of the fifth pick at five, I don't think they're going to like miss on that. By the way, if we did, but, if we did what if 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 the front office did what they're doing and then traded back from the fifth pick, <laughs> I, how. That comedic would, yeah. would that that's be? a great point you're sick actually. for putting that into the universe by the yeah, way that's, so i'm that's sick, sick for my scenario you're sick for yeah. yours that that would be i yeah i think there would be projectile vomit <laughs> at whatever draft party we're at so uh it's probably going to be harry buffalo i would i would guess but uh you know book a few extra bus boys that night just in case <laughs> but um yeah i mean you know I, I mentioned earlier that you know if you're okay with getting your guy at five he's probably not the guy if we pick at five my gut would be like, okay, we're we're not getting like this franchise just another piece. changing guy, and like right now, by all accounts, like it is it's a four player draft right now. Not maybe in the same you know extent that it was last year, where no. you like now we know, and we 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 talked about this through text message during the Rising Stars game that this is going to go down as a historic draft class. Yeah, like all the like so many of the young guys are just too good mm-hmm. already for this not to pan out that way. So we were wrong thinking that last year. But again, you know, hindsight is 2020. We're going into the draft. And it seems like those are the top four guys. Chet, Jabari, Paolo, Jaden Ivey in, in some kind of order. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, the few guys after that are still pretty good, still really good, have a chance to be really good in the league. 
but it, it still feels like you know you you got to be in like the top you know two or three yeah to to get the guy that you really want mm-hmm. i feel like if you're at two or three you you could talk me into anybody falling to you at three you yeah know? yeah like Jaden ivy like uh, people like Kevin actually saw Jaden Ivy in person mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. He was uh, in um, Indiana, and I believe it was uh, Purdue versus Michigan. Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he wasn't like blown away by Jaden Ivy, but he, also he didn't really off. play particularly well in that yeah. game. But I've seen some highlights. Mm-hmm. Like my, like people have said John Morant, and like I see it. I see the the explosiveness athletically at, at least. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be John Morant, but that kid is explosive. Yep, and I I want to add on to uh, Jabari Smith, uh, Jr. He played against my beloved Gators, who are dog water this year. Uh, Auburn ranked number two in the country, at least they were until my Gators beat them uh, here recently at in Gainesville. But Jabari Smith Jr. had uh, had 28 points, Jonathan. Um, and got to the free throw line and shot 11 free throws against the Gators. Had uh, 28 and 7 this year. He is averaging yeah. 16, 6, and 2 on 44% shooting, which is good considering the fact that he takes a brunt of these, you know, of the shots that that happened for Auburn. So I'm very impressed watching him him play against the Gators uh, despite them losing. What do, What do the kids say nowadays? He is him. Yeah, he's him for sure. Jabari Smith Jr. He is him. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am. I'm very confident in that. Like the kid just screams like NBA shot making ability. Yeah. Now there are some questions about you know him like creating his own shots, but like at six ten, you know a lot of the times he's just like shooting over guys. But like he's he's got like he's got it. Like I I really really like that kid. Yep. So, but you know in uh, in Weltham we trust. We'll we'll continue to to trust in Weltham. And Luke, probably like another few weeks here. We're not going to be able to hold out any longer. We'll start running the tankathon. Oh yeah, I already our, our good buddy uh, Phil Philip Rossman Reich from uh, Orlando Magic Daily already posted one of his spends. I think it was maybe a week or two ago, right at leading into All Star break. So I was like, wow, okay, all right, lead the charge, Phil. That's uh, we're we're getting into it. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. All right, I'm not ready to um, post my exact results, but I'll tell you, I'm not happy about what just happened. So. <laughs> Another few weeks, we'll start doing that every week like we did last year. I'm not bringing back the uh, commando hat um, or the, the, the tank helmet, not bringing that back. But, uh, but yeah, Luke. We'll see. With the Magic currently, Jonathan, uh, in the league are... Uh, so the, the worst teams, obviously, Houston, Detroit, and Orlando. So outside of that, like the next odd jump for the Magic to get pushed back, the Magic are six games uh, behind that uh fourth worst record in the in the league in OKC. So we'll we'll see. Only not many games left. So we'll see kind of when the magic lock in that top three. Because I don't I don't know how long it'll take, but I feel like it won't take long. Well in in, in terms of tanking, you know, again we're looking at, you know, the bottom three, four teams in the league, the Magic, the Pistons, the Rockets, the Thunder. I, you know, I don't think anybody else is really gonna realistically be in contention, you know, for for the number one pick. Um but looking at um, Orlando, you know, 21st remaining strength of schedule. So they do have uh, the easiest remaining strength of schedule out of those four teams. Uh, next up would be Detroit uh, at 17, Oklahoma City at 14, and then Houston at 11. So, you know, they have tougher records than us, but at least, you know, 
all of those teams aren't sitting at like one, two, and three. Yeah. Because then I would really be, you know, you know, potentially worried about, you know, the Magic are going to lose games, but you know, we we'd be lying to ourselves if we didn't want these other teams to win games. Yep. So you know, th- they'll they'll still pick up a, a couple of wins, um, you know, along the way, and I'm sure the Magic will just continue to engineer losses in between now and the the rest of the season. So Luke, um. Really, the only game that we have upcoming between now and the next episode is going to be Friday night as the Magic take on the Houston Rockets um, at 7 o'clock. So uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Luke, I mean, we're talking about, you know, kind of tanking. What do we think happens uh, that first game there? I'm going to say that the Magic, uh, they win. You know, they're they're, they're at home. They improve their home record a little bit near the end toward All-Star break in some capacity there. Uh, I think that it's uh, I don't think either team necessarily has anybody out that that would be surprising. Um, so uh, I think that the Magic are, are going to get it. I think RJ Hampton, I don't know if he'll be back, but he was saying today that he feels good to himself. He's 100 percent. Who knows how the training staff feels? Basically, is what he said um, and said that, you know, he's ready to go. So we'll see if RJ Hampton is back. If that's the case, the Magic will be healthy outside of the, the normal guys. Um, so just to be a contrarian, I'm going to say the magic lose, um, you know, they really been struggling, uh, defensively as of late. I don't know if that's going to, you know, change basically overnight between now, um, and Friday. And yeah, um, just to be a little bit different than you all, I'll pick the, the magic to lose. And then, you know, we'll record that episode. And then next week we've got the Pacers on Monday and Wednesday, then the Magic will be at Toronto on Friday and at Memphis on Saturday. So there will be a full slate of games next week. Uh, so Kevin and I uh, will record Sunday night. You guys will hear from us Friday, and we'll recap uh, the game against the Houston Rockets and anything else crazy that comes out. Also, guys, it has been quite a while since we put together a watch party for a Magic game, uh, mostly just because the team hasn't been very good, but also Life has just been crazy for me the last couple of months and uh, for you know Kevin as well. But we are putting together a watch party uh, for the game coming up on March 4th, that Friday when the Magic play at Toronto. That game was rescheduled from earlier in the season when it was canceled uh, due to COVID. But again, Friday, March 4th at 7.30. Uh, there's a big concert downtown Orlando that night, so we had some difficulty securing a location so we're actually going to be in Altamonte Springs I don't know that I pronounced that correctly but we're going to be Altamont Springs Mm -hmm. um, at Friendly Confines that's 451 East Altamonte Drive or Altamont Drive (laughs) uh, Suite 2378 we'll be tweeting out all of the details Uh, we're also going to have um, a member from the NBA or from the from the NBA from the Orlando Magic uh, sales team my buddy John McCall, he's gonna have some you know cool Orlando Magic stuff to to give away and to raffle and stuff like that. So make sure you guys come and hang out. Um, I think he's trying to get like an autographed ball. Don't mm. hold me to that, but he's said he's trying his best to get something like nice. that for us. So if you want to win some potentially autographed Orlando Magic memorabilia, come hang out. Again, that's going to be March fourth, Friday, starting at seven thirty at the friendly confines at uh four five one East Altamont Drive in Altamont Springs, so make sure you guys come and hang out. Luke, anything else before we sign off here? Um, i just curious. I I sometimes tune out when you do it. Did you do the Patreon shout-out? I did not do the Patreon shout-out. Let's go ahead and shout-out our patrons really quickly. 
So sorry, guys. You got a little bit of rust coming back from the All-Star break. So if you guys don't know, uh, we do have a Patreon where you can financially support the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six-man show. Three separate tiers with great benefits. And then we shout out our patrons every single episode. Um, this week it would have happened without Luke, so special shout-out to Luke Sylvia. Mm-hmm. But shout-out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Giulio, Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, and Gabe Gaines. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, Luke, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Mm-hmm. So for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!